Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. be discussing season three episode 22 titled a house divided oh my god this episode there is there is so much going on here man it is dense it is packed it is filled to the brim with so many plot points so much stuff to unpack because like this is the penultimate episode of the season basically place setting for the finale for the most part and as far as place setting goes it's pretty good (laughs) it's pretty good place setting (laughs) and i really love it so like oh my god where to even start so i guess we'll start with the electrifying conversations between Greer and Finch that are so perfectly crafted, so satisfying, pay off something, a confrontation that's been building and 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 building building for like a season and a half at this point. And has been just utterly perfect, uh, brilliantly acted by both John Nolan and Michael Emerson. It's electrifying uh, hearing them debate the ethics of AI, uh, hearing Greer call Finch out on hobbling his child, uh, to use his metaphor, and Finch talking about how he was concerned about, like, he built something infinitely smarter than himself, so he didn't know where it would go. He didn't know what the machine would do down the line, so he limited it. And Greer going on these monologues. We find out, by the way, in this episode that Greer was military. Uh, and MI6, actually. And we find out that he lived through World War II. He's old enough that, as a kid, he lived through the bombings uh, of England in World War II. And this kind of served as a motivator. Like, he wants to live in a more, quote-unquote, just world. And in his eyes, Samaritan can provide that. In his eyes, Samaritan can provide that whole deal. Is he right? Hell no. But this is what he believes. And he has this great... There's this great moment where Finch is like... "You, It's pure hubris to think you can control Samaritan. And Greer's just like... Whoever said I wanted to control it? Like, 
He he's not. We've been operating under the assumption that Greer wants to control Samaritan. He doesn't. He just wants to let Samaritan do its thing. He just wants to let Samaritan run wild. He just wants to let it out of the cage and just go nuts. Like, and if good things come from it, great. If not, oh well. We got an AI god man watching over all of us that is like fully cognizant and can fully do whatever the hell it feels like. Either way, we're better off in his eyes. Like, it's really spectacular. It's like all of these scenes are so, so good. Uh, meanwhile, so Reese, Shaw, and Root have retasked themselves from hunting for Finch to doing Samaritan damage control, especially, essentially. Root has pulled together a team of the necessaries she's worked over the course of the season. And they are getting to work, uh, sort of tinkering around with Samaritan servers. Now, we don't know what they're doing. Root won't say, but apparently it's to slow down Samaritan in some way. Apparently it is to slow down our enemy. By the way, I really enjoyed the moment where the two out of the three numbers that had direct contact with Reese, one of them is like, hey, it's the guy who saved my life. And another is like, ah, that's the, that's the government hitman that made me pull out my bowlers. <laughs> two very different experiences with Reese. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love everything about that. That was awesome. That was such a great moment. Uh, But they're tinkering around with Samaritan servers. Tinkering around with Samaritan servers. Whatever they're doing, they figured it out. And then at this point, Root goes all the way to New Jersey. Tells her necessaries, hey, uh... You can all go now. Here's new identities. Uh, You'll only limit the odds of survival for what I gotta do, which is go into that building where Samaritan is. Root is now essentially going into Samaritan HQ to do something. What's she gonna do? We don't know yet, but she's going to do something. Now, while all this is happening, we have the main storyline of this episode going on, which is these new numbers that come in. Uh, In fact, after the whole Samaritan debacle, after the whole beta test debacle, uh, machines' resources are rather limited. So, in order to get those numbers, the machine's like, hey, something's going down on this hotel, I know it's something, but I don't know who it involves or what it is. So, you're going to need to take some pictures and do some surveillance here so I can give you the numbers. 
So we get this weird alternate dynamic where it's just like, instead of the machine giving the numbers, it's just Shaw giving the machine the information so the machine can then give Reese the numbers. It's really bizarre. But this ends up spitting out five numbers. One of whom is Control. Another is uh, the, our, our senator that's working with Greer. Uh, one is a presidential advisor. Another is a general. And the fifth... Well... We don't really know about the fifth. We don't really... That's kind of a question mark. It's very... Uh, very iffy on that fifth one. But Shaw is basically, she's in this hotel, spying on this meeting. And it's control this center and these other two people. Talking about bringing, uh, uh, talking about giving the government feeds to Decima. Talking about giving Samaritan access to the government feeds. And first the senator and control have this private meeting where the senator... Pitches it to Control, and Control's very mad. <laughs> Control's very mad because Greer stole Samaritan from her. She is very pissed off about that and does not want to admit defeat. And then the senator's like, hey, stop being a baby. We need this. Let it happen. And then Control, like, pitches Samaritan to the general and specifically this advisor. And when this guy's like, hey, you want us to start up a whole new program while the public's still rummaging through the pieces of the old one? What are you, nuts? And Control's just like, hey, your kids go to this school, right? Well, uh, while back, there was going to be a terrorist attack right near that school. And we prevented it because of Northern Lights. Now Northern Lights isn't a thing anymore. We need Samaritan. And just before everyone gets convinced, Vigilance shows up. By the way, there's this great scene uh, in that coffee shop where one of the Vigilance guys just sits down, Reese and Rude approach him, and then he just starts going ape shit, shooting up everything. And Reese and Root take him out and start interrogating him. They find a virus uh, that he had on his little uh, flash drive. And they find out, oh yeah, this is Vigilance. As Collier shows up at the hotel. So Shaw shows up to rescue Control. (laughs) She is not happy about this. Uh, Shaw shows up to rescue Control, this advisor, and... The general. The senator has since effed off because he had to be somewhere else. And Shaw rescues them and controls like, oh, crap, our numbers came up, didn't they? And then it's at this moment we find out, hey, you remember that virus? Turns out that virus was being uploaded to the power company. And it's now being used to cause a massive Citywide blockout. Uh, blockout? Massive citywide blackout. Throughout all of New York. 
So, yeah. Now, under the cover of darkness, Vigilance makes their move. They rush in. We get into this big, very well-staged gunfight. That ends with General getting shot. Everyone getting captured. Uh, control is gone. This advisor's gone. Everyone's gone. And Shaw is left alone. Reese shows up, takes care of the last Vigilance guys. And then we get this weird-ass standoff with Hirsch. <laughs> like, Hirsch just rushes in after everything's done. Just sees Reese and Shaw and is like, You did something! And, like, <laughs> there's this moment of, like, I'm the good guy. No, I'm the good guy. You're the bad guy. No, you're the bad guy. It's just, like, Reese and Shaw saying, We're here to protect Control. We're not here to take her out. And Hirsch being like, I don't believe you. Eventually, Root calls, and it's like, Hey, um, remember when I said Finch wasn't in imminent danger? Well, Finch is in imminent danger now. Uh, finally figured out that last number. That last number is Greer. And Finch is with him, so if Greer's in danger, Finch is probably in danger too, so... Maybe deal with that. Eventually, Reese and Shaw are able to convince Hirsch that they have to work together to find Control and everyone else. And I especially love this moment where they're all they're all getting in this hate loop of identifying all the attempted murders they have made upon each other. This guy tried to kill me. He did kill me. I think we got even. Oh, we didn't get even. I drugged you. You fr you freaking murdered me. Like, just... <laughs> I think we're getting off track here. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so absolutely hilarious, and I love it. So, Reese, Shaw, and Hirsch make their way... Hirsch knows where Decima is, by the way. Should mention that. So they make their way to where Decima is hiding out. And as they do, the senator meets with Greer. Uh, they have a bit of a meeting about Samaritan, and it's interrupted by Vigilance. Who take the senator, take the take Greer, and then... Uh, Collier looks over and is like, Hmm. Here's this other guy. Here's Finch. Didn't expect this, but okay, I'll take him. Why not? Cool. So now, Vigilance has Finch as well. Now, we're going to table this for a second because I want to talk about these phenomenal flashbacks with Collier. We see him, like, just as a normal guy... With his brother, with his nephew, just having a nice old family time. And then the FBI shows up. And is like, hey, you, brother of guy who will become head of vigilance. You're under arrest. We're not going to tell you why, because national security. Now, Collier, turns out, was a lawyer. So... He lawyers. 
goes into the FBI and says, what the hell? You arrested my brother for stuff he didn't do. You haven't charged him yet. You're refusing to even tell me what he did. Don't give me this national security bullcrap. You're denying his basic rights. Tell me what's going on. At least tell me what's going on. And they're like, well, okay, uh, we got this picture uh, linking him to uh, someone related to terrorists. Uh, so he he's a bad guy. He was a threat to national security because he was seen in a picture with some guy that is connected to terrorists. And initially, that's the end of it. Initially, Collier's like, what? Like, he just goes off in his own little hole to question uh, his brother. To question his brother's life choices. As he's doing that, his brother kills himself in prison. And they're at his funeral, and you know who shows up to the funeral? The guy he was in the picture with. The guy Collier's brother was in the picture with that's connected to terrorists. And he's like, yeah, the dude was my sponsor. He saved me. Like, he really, really helped me. He was a great guy. I, I, I know I didn't show up that much. I tried to keep my distance uh, from the finer points of his life. Because a distant relative, uh, a distant relative made things hard for my family. But he was great. He was my sponsor. He was the best guy I'm so sorry for your loss. So, let me translate this. Let me just uh, put what just happened in more direct terms. So, the feds took a picture of this guy talking to someone happened to not be white, who had a distant relative who is a terrorist. And they held together with scotch tape this, oh, well, this guy was seen in a picture and had a connection to this other guy who's not white. Uh, Well, okay, the brother's not white either, but like, you know what I mean? He's of a he's of a Middle Eastern persuasion. Uh This guy was in a picture with this guy who has a distant relative off on the other side of the world who's a terrorist. Clearly he's worth taking into prison. Clearly he's worth taking into jail and putting in federal custody and not saying why he's charged. Like they created this scotch tape charge. That it's just full of holes, full of bullshit. And at this point, Collier becomes enraged. He goes back into the FBI. Conveniently, the guy he once talked to isn't there anymore. Conveniently, he now has to talk to someone else. And Collier goes off on this rage saying, like, you had nothing. You made up evidence. You made up a story. You had nothing. And you just... Created some circumstantial shit to make it work. You just put this guy in prison without cause. You're supposed to catch criminals. You're the reason why my brother's dead. 
What does that make you? And, okay, can I share with you the most infuriating line in any work of fiction ever? Innocent people don't kill themselves. Hold on. I have now brought over a pillow. It is memory foam. A very comfortable pillow. <sighs> Innocent people don't kill themselves. And Collier has the best response to this. Like, no. People without hope do. And then just leaves. And then as he's on his way out, he gets a text saying, Hey, you want to know what really happened to your brother? Can you start to see why Collier got into the position he did? Like, holy crap! <laughs> Can you start to see why Collier is so against surveillance? Like, holy shit! <laughs> My god, like, this is a horror story. Like, it really, really is. And it sets up, like, it, it brings back to, like, the way, way, way early days of Collier and really shows just why he's such a good villain for this season. Why he's such a great uh, secondary villain. Like, it's really, really spectacular. And then fast forward to the present, present day, we get this ending... Reese, Shaw, and Hurst show up at the Decima headquarters. Everyone's gone. And then they see on the television this live feed from Vigilance. Who have a bunch of prisoners. Including our five numbers. And Finch. And they're saying, it's time for the trial of America. It's time for the trial of our government. It's time to expose the truth of your crimes against your citizens. And that's it. All that is left is the finale. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, get ready. Because that finale, oh boy, that finale is something special. It really, really is. I can't wait to talk about it. I'm going to shut up now. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined. To send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I will be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 23, the season finale. Talk to you then.